Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by UNA, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Michaela Payton. Michaela is an indirect senior procurement manager at Lidl's U.S. National Contract Service Center. She grew up in Germany and has spent time living in California, Las Vegas, Nevada, and Virginia with a brief time back in Germany in between. Hi, Michaela. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Now, I shared a little bit, well, I typically would say I shared a little bit about your background. I shared a little bit about all of your travels in my intro. What else do you think it's useful for people to know about your background and experience? Um, so professionally, I work in indirect procurement, and my main responsibilities now are essentially market research, running RFXs, negotiating contracts, and ensuring compliance. Um, I previously have been a category manager sourcing products and services for a retail store and um, was responsible for 50 national and international vendors. On the personal side, I think you summarized it very nicely. I grew up in Germany. I lived there for 26 years and I spent the last almost 12 years now in the U.S., now, we're actually going to talk about the fact that you've moved around a little bit in terms of the way it connects to ideas about belonging. So having lived in so, not just so many places, but so many different places, each time you arrive in a new place, I'm sure there's sort of a process for figuring out how and where you fit in. What has that experience been like in each of your moves? That's a very interesting question. So essentially, I think first when you get to a new place and it's completely foreign to you, you feel a little bit lost because um, small little things are an issue like where's the grocery store? If you need a doctor, which doctor do you yeah. go to? So it's a it's a bunch of different aspects. But I think the most important one is kind of the cultural adjustment and how to build a social circle. Now, to that point, what are some of the things that give you a sense of belonging? So I'll actually go first. When I have moved, uh, I haven't moved as much geographically as you have, but I've certainly moved enough times. As an introvert, I tend to sort of deck out my home base with my things that make me feel stable. So at least I'm coming home to my stuff. And that gives me what I then need to go out into the world and deal with all of the different things like you were just talking about. What are some of mm -hmm. the ways that you create for yourself a sense of belonging in each in each area? Um, I think it's, first off, I think it's really important to have that home, but also being accepted. Um, so whether it's I love to hike, so I'm part of various hiking groups, just having a group of community where people share like something or have something in common with you. I think that's really important. And then um, 
besides that, I think it's really also you spend a lot of time at work, right? So kind of fitting in there. Um, I moved once and I didn't have a job. So when I moved to Las Vegas, I did not have a job opportunity. So it was um, kind of my whole sense of uh, purpose almost was gone. So I think that was also a, a struggle that I needed to overcome to to essentially seek employment. And then that's kind of what started to ground me as a person to that area. Or yeah, yeah, I think so. Now, of the places that you've lived in the U.S., there actually is a lot of difference between them, right? Different parts of California, Vegas, Virginia. Those are very different places. Mm-hmm. How would you compare any of them to where you grew up in Germany? That's a very difficult question. Um, actually, it's not, now that I think about it. Um, so living in Germany is very structured. There's a lot of processes. And I think that's one reason why I love processes, because everything we do is structured. And I think in the U.S., it's a little bit less structured. You can do a lot of things online. Um, I remember when I first moved here, I didn't have a bank that I could go to close by because um, my banking institution doesn't didn't offer that. In Germany, it would have been impossible to do any banking online. That was not uh, a thing. So it's very structured and almost high, a little bit inconvenient. Um here in the U.S., there's more job opportunities, especially if you have not previously worked in the industry or the department that you're seeking employment in. So that's been something that I really appreciate about living in the U.S. People are a lot more positive here. <laughs> um, love that. Um Especially since I'm a little bit of the opposite side of that. So I've learned a lot to 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 adapt which I I almost call myself now a German-American because I'm not a German and I'm also not an American. So I'm kind of both. So I, I feel like I take the best of each country and, and adapt it to my like everyday life. So I kind of live in, in a utopia, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> well, you um, talked a little bit before about culture. And when it comes to that, I'm always curious about the differences in how people communicate, uh, which is, you know, certainly both listening and speaking and body language and some of those unspoken dynamics that you'll have in a group setting. How do you go about, you know, you talked about being Jamaican, which I love, especially since you consider it utopia. How do you figure out and then start to adapt to the customs of each community, whether you're talking about a city or an area, or whether you're talking about a professional community, if you move to a new workplace, how do you sort of pick up on the vibes and allow that to strengthen your sense of belonging? Mm -hmm. So it actually reminds me of my first corporate experience in the U.S., which um, I'm just going to share the story before I answer the question, because I think it kind of ties into it. Um, so I moved from Germany to California. Very different, very, very different. And I started working as a student services advocate at a college. So essentially counseling students, working a lot with instructors. 
And every time an instructor walked up to me or um, called me, I always went professional into my into my professional mode and I answered the question and was very direct and thought I gave them I give them what it is that they need. And then I don't know, three, four weeks into the job, uh, my director called me in and had a conversation with me and essentially asked me to be a little less formal to when I run into when I run into an instructor or have conversations with them, ask them about how they're doing and how their weekend was and stuff like that. And then I noticed, oh, there's a there's a very there's a there's a difference between people do things here versus what I'm used to. And that really helped me to understand, like essentially not run into a wall, but kind of <laughs> watch what my environment is like. Just so essentially just stepping back and watching what's going on around me and then finding my place within how everyone else interacts. So that conversation, I will always remember. And it really helps me to adapt by just simply sitting back and watching what's going on around me and then blending in. I think that's one of the things I value the most, the adaptability that I've gained moving to all these different um, locations. What an amazing experience. I'm, I'm actually not surprised that that story has stayed with you. And it sounds like something that is probably not only helpful to you in terms of figuring out new communities and connecting with the people in that group, but I'm sure you also end up projecting empathy, right? And, and that's one of those things that I think has always been important, but there's been a lot more emphasis on professionally in the last few years. Do you think that going through that process again and again and learning to watch others and, and read the room has helped you strengthen your empathy in terms of work teams um, so that everybody gets that increased sense of belonging, not just you coming into the situation? Yeah, yeah, I think so, definitely, because I also work for an employer where there's many different cultures, and I'm also a people manager, so I know what it's like to feel new or different or kind of, I wouldn't say the outsider, but like not established in the group just yet, so it's really important to me that whenever I talk to someone, whether it's a supplier, an employee of mine, or a coworker that they feel welcome and comfortable. So I try to spend a lot of time getting to know the individuals, especially the team members on my team, figuring out what's important to them, what motivates them, how do they communicate, and also watching their nonverbal cues. Because um, some people might not be as direct as I am, but they tell me how they feel in a specific situation by acting or by their body language versus um, communicating. So um, I always try to adapt my communication style to the person I'm speaking with while still being myself. So essentially creating a, a safe place for people that speak to me. So I think that's, I think that's really important that team members, coworkers, whoever feel like they have a place in the conversation. When you had talked about earlier, you know, enjoying the structure and process elements of, of growing up in Germany, 
you ended up in the right profession, Michaela. I have to tell you that because you're surrounded now by a whole group of procurement professionals who love nothing more than structure and process, unless maybe it's Excel spreadsheets, in which case we're really just back to structure. Um, <laughs> but we love all that. So maybe maybe professionally that ends up being something a little bit like, you know, you enjoy hiking and so that's a way to connect with people personally. You know, you grew up being comfortable with structure and process and hopefully you feel at home in, in procurement because I think there's a lot of us that have invested in that quite a bit. And that can become sort of one of those connection points. So I can see where you have the opportunity to bring all of these different things together that you've learned and experienced and then allow them to factor into your management style. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's something that I didn't think I would be good at until I started doing it, until I interacted with students, until I interacted with many people from all over the world, until I learned um, how to how to build relationships. And I think the most growth that I've experienced was in the past, past five years working in procurement, having these different vendor relationships, you know, 50 vendors, that's a lot of people. And then also with international company and then problem solving and you know one thing that just comes into my mind that I feel like is very valuable too that I've learned is I've had vendor relationships that started off not so ideal and through overcoming roadblocks having difficult conversations and just collaborating and working together the relationship ended up being much stronger than others that have been great all along not that they weren't great either but Sometimes overcoming obstacles strengthens the relationship in a different way and makes the makes it really solid. Absolutely. Now, as we start to wind down our time, you listen. So I know you know the tradition, but for anybody new that happens to be listening in, we go through this little process the first time anybody's on the show. So Michaela, I'm going to give you two questions. And it's entirely up to you which one you want to pick. And then, of course, there's no such thing as a wrong answer to this kind of question. So Mm -hmm. here are your options. Either what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? Or if we broaden it a little bit, what do you think heroism looks like in a business context? The choice is up to you. Hmm. So I think think the idea of a sourcing hero is just simply care. Care about processes, care about people, care about projects, care about your category, care about how you show up. Just just care. I think that's that's what a sourcing hero means to me. Now, if people have listened to our conversation and maybe don't already know you or aren't connected with you anywhere, what would be the best way for them to get in touch or learn a little bit more about you? Um, On LinkedIn, Michaela Payton, that would be the best way to connect with me. And I always love to meet new people. So please feel free to reach out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero Podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, 
Sourcing heroism is taking place all around us, every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.